Hello, this is Laura looking for love. Today we're going to be talking about the grief that we've been feeling. I know I had another topic scheduled, but that's going to be pushed back. The uh, recent shootings in Las Vegas, death of Tom Petty, and other deaths that have transpired. You know, it's just been an accumulation. There's been the hurricane, and then now this, but this is just so heavy in the consciousness because, one, it's such a tragic event that was caused by another human, and the reason is still unknown. So the first thing I was I was looking at, I was looking at different news articles, and the, there was one in particular that really touched me, and it was... An article, it was actually a love story within this tragedy, and I'll share the story with you. So so this concert, it was a country music concert in Vegas, as, as all of you know, and there were two people who met that day that were from complete opposite worlds. A white man, cowboy boot-wearing, country-loving music fan, been listening to country all his life from Ohio, and an Asian-American female from Los Angeles who really had not been exposed to country music until, I mean, had not taken a liking to country music until recently and had actually gone to her very first country music event. And so being an Asian American female like I am from LA, not a lot of people who would share the same interests um, from that demographic. So she was there by herself and it allowed her to be open to new people. And in that venue, she met a man who... They became friends. And it wasn't this, you know, romantic love story. It was a a spirit-to-spirit recognition of each other and their mutual love of this music. And and they they began a friendship just talking. It was a whole day-long event, and they had talked. They had shared pictures through Facebook, exchanged numbers, and they became friends. And later that night, being friends just a day, they heard pops. And they didn't know what it was at first, and they looked up because they thought it was fireworks until suddenly she dropped to the floor, and the man realized that she'd been shot. And he immediately put his body over her to cover her and used his own body as a shield. And when the round of fire stopped, he found someone to help him carry this woman who had been shot to safety, and they found a truck where they put her, and they were heading to the hospital to take victims so he put her in the car went back to see if anyone else needed help found her purse and realized her cell phone wasn't there so he called since he had her number he called the cell phone and finally someone answered and said he had picked it up and they arranged it a place so that he could retrieve the cell phone to get in touch with her family by the time he got to the cell phone there were tons of messages um but it was locked and so he waited and finally someone called in and he answered and it was the woman's brother-in-law and he said please let me know that she's okay So for the next several hours, he'd gone from hospital to hospital looking for a woman that did not have any ID on her. So he had to explain how she looked and the the flower tattoo that she had on her back. So after going to several hospitals with no luck finding her, he came back to his hotel room and he got a call from the woman's brother-in-law again who had been doing research online and found another hospital and asked if he had checked that one. He hadn't, so he got on his shoes and he rushed out there to see if he could find his new friend. And when he got there, there was a room full of family members just waiting to hear about their loved ones who had been injured in this in this shooting so as it turns out she was there and in the end the doctors when the doctors came out they told this man that she didn't make it and he had to call the family to let them know but it wasn't just that he was there to support the family and to provide comfort for both the family and her at the final moments of her life he himself was devastated to hear the news that his new friend had died 
And when he walked out of the room, a community of people also waiting to hear news on their loved ones came around him and just gave him a hug while they all cried together. So this was a story of love in a day, love in a human day, again of soulmates. I talk, I use the word soulmates often because they exist and it's not necessarily a romantic soulmate story, but what it did provide for me and why the story hit me on such a emotional level was that when I read it, the message I got was, we are not alone. And in this world where we often feel isolated and that no one maybe gets us, and also in, in moments of tragedy where we feel like maybe people can't even understand our grief and makes us feel even more isolated, this was just an inspiring story for me to hear and validation that we really aren't ever alone, that in, in our time of most need, our soulmates will show up. So the second part to this is that I visited my grandmother. So what happens often when we hear stories about grief and loss is it reminds us of our own attachments and love relationships to those people in our lives that are important to us. So the first person that I thought of was my grandmother. Last week I spoke about my grandmother on my father's side, who's my bachan. This is my grandmother on my mother's side. And my grandma and I are very close And sometimes I take for granted that she's always going to be here, even though she's 100. She seems like she's going to just live forever. And we spent time together with her telling me stories, which is what she likes to do now that she's 100. And basically what she has are her stories. Um, At about 95 years old, she started to have dementia. And it's amazing how even with not being able to remember, you know, the most recent things that just happened five minutes ago, she has a vivid memory of the past. So I often, when I go, I'll know that she's going to be telling me her stories from the past but she'll tell them over and over and over again and it just depends on where she's at and what she's thinking of at the time so it's no coincidence that this time was relevant to what I was experiencing as well I I showed her this souvenir that I bought her I just saw it on the table and brought her this wooden turtle that said Jamaica on the back and I put it in her hand I said grandma do you remember this I bought it for you when I went to Jamaica and she said oh yeah And it triggered a memory of her childhood when she used to hear the story of the tortoise and the hare. But in Japan, it was called Usagi Tokame, which is rabbit and turtle, who she refers to as Usagi-san, Mr. Rabbit, and Kame-san, Mr. Turtle. So she starts telling me the story, and it's reminding me of my experience with the story when I was little, and how Usagi-san, the rabbit, was going to race Kame-san. And Kame-san was the one that actually said, let's race. And Usagi-san, of course, agreed because he knew he was faster than Kame-san. There was no way that he could beat him, so he, of course he said yes. So they start off to race to the top of the hill. And during the race, Usagi-san is so fast that he turns around and he sees Kame-san nowhere to be seen. He's basically in his dust. And he decides that he's going to take a nap on the side of the path because he doesn't think Kame-san will be there till nighttime. So he falls asleep and he oversleeps. He ends up sleeping for hours. And when he wakes up, he realizes it's dark. So he hops, hops, hops to the end of the hill and he sees Kamesan there and Kamesan is like I've been here forever what what happened to you what took you so long so my grandma then tells me so story mean don't brag if you bragging you lose so I thought that was interesting because the perspective of coming from the bragger and the hare when I was growing up I used to always 
come from the perspective of the tortoise and that even if people were faster than me or better than me, if I was determined, I could still make it to the end. So there's two lessons to be had on each of the opposite ends of the story, which is pretty cool and a reminder of the art of storytelling. But it made me think even further. And so I asked her, I said, Grandma, what would happen if it was just Kame-san and Kame-san? No, turtle and turtle. No, 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 no. Usagi to Kame. Rabbit and turtle. I said, I know, Grandma, but what if Kame-san and Kame-san raced? Oh, then no story. And it made me laugh that it was such a simple answer and such a wise one at the same time. And it's really true. If there was no Usagi-san and no Kame-san and that dichotomy of the two ends of the spectrum, there would be no story. And really, that's the point of life. She's 100 years old and her life now is her collection of stories, right? And those stories is what she wants to pass down to the next generation and whenever we come she tells story after story after story and it's in the hope and she may not be conscious of it but her spirit is conscious of the hope that these stories will help us to learn and to grow and in that moment I did see the bigger picture and in not just her relationship to the story but to the story of humanity as a whole and in the news that we see every day the newspaper articles that we read every day and the tragedy that flows through it and now that the tragedy and the stories of tragedy seem to be more and more and more depressing and more depressing it's now that the story must have meaning because people have died for these stories people have lost families for these stories and if we dump the story without growing from it then it doesn't honor the sacrifice of the people who have lost so much for the story so final thoughts Maybe one day we will no longer have a need for these stories, not only our current stories that we see in the news, but these stories that we grew up as kids that have been created to teach us moral lessons and connections to our true spirit. But until we've mastered each and every story, there's going to continue to be stories to be told from different perspectives and in different ways so that we can continue to evolve and grow. So in the meantime... While we still have stories, we can be aware of them and we could start to look at the dichotomies. And by understanding where we fall on this spectrum, we can start to affect change on a personal level that will eventually radiate out. So next week, we'll be back talking about another love topic. If you found the contents of this podcast to be valuable, please subscribe to the channel, share on social media and with friends, and consider writing a review. All these things are very helpful to keep the podcast alive and in enthusiasm so I can continue week to week. And if you have any suggestions for topics that you want to hear about, you can email me at info at thebonsaibabes.com.